Turned Up Dead is a true crime podcast. The cases we cover include details of violence, sexual assault, suicide, and homicide. It is not suitable for children, and listener discretion is advised. The opinions expressed in this show are those of individuals and not Turned Up Dead. On Monday 9th of January, 2017, around 6pm, 911 dispatch in Northeast Ohio get a call from a man who says that he needs help. When asked what's going on, the man says that his five-year-old daughter has gone missing from the restaurant that he and his wife own and operate. The father says his daughter was sleeping in the back of the restaurant while he and his wife prepared food and served customers. The restaurant had got busy and then once it had quietened down, they started cleaning up, which was when they noticed that their daughter wasn't there. He said he couldn't be sure exactly when he or his wife last saw her, but he said it must have been around four or five o'clock before the restaurant got busy. As you would expect with a missing child of such a young age, police spring into action. The 911 dispatcher has officers arrive at the restaurant while she's still speaking with the man on the phone. Shortly after, the surrounding area is searched and a missing child alert is issued. But tragically, just the very next day, Ashley's body would be found stuffed in a plastic container which had been hidden in her parents' own restaurant. Hello, I'm Fiona, and welcome to Turned Up Dead. The true crime story I'm going to tell you today is of the killing of five-year-old Ashley Zhao. The first police hear of Ashley is when her father, Liang Zhao, calls 911 and reports her missing. So let's start with that call. The call starts with an operator answering and saying Jackson Township Police. To which Liang Zhao replies, quote, Hi, yes, I need some help. End quote. The operator says okay and asks where he's calling from. Liang Zhao gives the address, which the dispatcher repeats, and Liang Zhao confirms with a yeah. The operator then asks him what's going on. He replies, quote, I, I can't find my daughter. End quote. The operator asks how old she is, and Liang Zhao tells her that she had just turned five, before he momentarily gets distracted by someone in the background. He confirms that he is at Ang's restaurant, which is his own restaurant, and then the operator asks when he last saw his missing daughter. Zhao gives a pretty vague answer. He answers, quote, This afternoon, probably, end quote. The operator asks around what time, and gets another vague response from Liang Zhao, who says, quote, Uh, three, maybe four, end quote. Now I don't have any children, so I've never had to report my child missing, but I have dogs, and one of my dogs went missing a few months back. She was fine, and I found her about 30 minutes later, 
at an Italian restaurant around the corner. She has really good taste. But until then, I ran around like Holly Golightly at the end of breakfast at Tiffany's, asking everybody I saw if they had seen her. And within about 10 seconds, they had a full description of my dog. They knew where she was last seen and what her name was. But 13 seconds into this call, the supposed reason for the call, his missing daughter, who's only five years old, who he claimed not to have seen for five hours, had only just been mentioned. Where is the urgency? During this time, Liang Zhao said that he needed help, but then waited another 10 seconds or so to be asked what the problem was. I doubt I'd have the patience to wait for the operator to finish asking that question, let alone wait to be asked what the problem is. 10 seconds is a long time in an emergency situation. I'd expect the parent of a young child, who hasn't been seen in such a long time, to want to get this information across as soon as possible, and not wait to be asked. Which Liang Zhao could have done in one sentence. Hello, my daughter is missing, she's five, we're at 4924 Portage Street, nobody's seen her in five hours. I probably wouldn't even bother saying hello. Something I would bother to say would be the name of the restaurant, which Liang Zhao doesn't offer. He only gives the building number, and only then confirms he's at Ang's restaurant when asked. I can't imagine that there are too many Ang's restaurants in Jackson Township, Ohio, so surely it would help to give the name, but instead he just says 4924 Ported Street. The call continues, with the operator continuing to have to ask Liang Zhao for basic information, such as what Ashley was wearing and where she was last seen. He doesn't offer any of this information freely. And he uses quite vague language in this part of the call as well. He says the last time he saw Ashley was, quote, this afternoon, probably, end quote. And, quote, around three, maybe four, end quote. And, quote, about five hours, end quote. When my dog was missing, I knew exactly when I last saw her. But here we have two parents who are unsure of when they last saw their missing five-year-old daughter, who they've not seen for about five hours. Until this point in the call, all of Liang Zhao's answers are very short, and they contain no additional detail. His answers for the remainder of the call are quite the opposite. They're much longer and more detailed. When asked if his daughter was sleeping in the restaurant, he replied, yeah, yeah and then went on to give quite a rambling answer. Quote, She was sleeping there, and uh, I picked up my, my older daughter from school, and we all saw her sleeping there, so, and, you know, we went back to work, and, you know, we let her sleep. We, and then we got busy, and then uh, uh, after it got busy, we start cleaning up, and then, and then, you know, we open the door, and she's not there. End quote. Now the 911 dispatcher asked if his daughter was sleeping in the restaurant. And he could have confirmed that with one word. Yes. The additional information he gives seems a little off too. It doesn't seem relevant to finding a supposedly missing child. For example, does the 911 operator really need to know that he picked up his older daughter before he discovered his younger daughter missing? How does that help in finding her? Some relevant information he could have given at this point 
would have been a description, or his daughter's name, neither of which he offered at any time in this call. To me, he just doesn't sound like a father who is generally concerned about a missing five-year-old child. Liang Zhao is then asked his name, which he gives, and if there are any cameras in the restaurant, which there weren't. Once again, Liang Zhao gives additional information that seems irrelevant. After saying there are no security cameras, he tells the operator that they've been there in the restaurant for six years and that they've never had security cameras. He then goes on to repeat some of what he said earlier about picking up his older daughter from school before seeing his younger daughter sleeping in the restaurant. Liang Zhao says that there were just two people working in the restaurant, himself and his wife. And then there's a bit of confusion between Liang Zhao and the call operator about who was in the restaurant with Ashley when he went to get their older daughter from school. This is where I finally hear a bit of emotion in his voice. It's obvious he really wants to get it straight, and he takes some time to make it clear that his wife stayed in the restaurant the whole time, which, to give him the benefit of the doubt, might be okay. However, when he put that next to the short answers that he gave with no additional information when asked about his missing daughter, I think it does look a bit strange. A lot of effort goes into clearing the confusion about his wife, but he puts little effort into reporting much about Ashley or her disappearance. Liang Zhao sounds a little irritated when he says, quote, No, I didn't say that. I said my wife is here all the time. I don't think there's anything suspicious about being irritated in this situation. But I would think a parent who's giving a report of their missing child would be more likely to show irritation concerned with finding their child. For example, saying something like, No, I said my wife was here. That's not important. My child is missing. You need to send someone here right now. But we don't hear anything like that from him. Three minutes and 40 seconds into the call, the operator asks Liang Zhao what his daughter's name is. Until this point, right at the end of the call, Liang Zhao had only referred to Ashley as my daughter, she, and her. Perhaps not using her name was a way of distancing himself from what he and his wife had done to their daughter. When police officers arrived at the restaurant, Ashley was nowhere to be seen. And oddly, their search of the restaurant revealed no evidence that showed how or from where Ashley had even been taken. Her parents gave the police a photograph of her. Whilst at least one officer remained at the restaurant that night, around 70 other officers searched through the freezing cold for little Ashley, or any clue of where she might have gone. But, of course, they found nothing. The next morning, the search continued. The Jackson Fire Department, who were assisting the Jackson Township Police, even brought in a drone to look for Ashley and dogs were called in to aid the search of a wooded area that ran behind Ang's restaurant and the neighbouring businesses. Jackson Township Police released a press statement that day, saying that they are investigating the disappearance of a five-year-old female who they believed had wandered out the back door of her family's restaurant. It described Ashley as approximately four foot tall, 35 to 40 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. There is a photograph... It doesn't actually say that she's Chinese, and Liang Zhao didn't offer that information in the 911 call either. To be fair, he also wasn't asked that information. 
I would have thought that would have been pretty useful information to have. Shortly before midday, the Ohio Attorney General's office issued a missing child alert for Ashley. Authorities, wanting to eliminate the possibility that Ashley had crawled into a space in the restaurant that they had missed the previous night, decided to do a more thorough search of Ang's restaurant. Jackson Township Police Chief Mark Brink told Fox 8 News, quote, We were thinking that she possibly had gone somewhere that the parents just didn't know where to find her at within the restaurant. End quote. The interviewer asked him, looking for a place where the child might hide, and the officer answered, correct. In response to the question, not where someone would hide a child, Mark Brink replied, absolutely. Around 4pm, Ashley's body is discovered inside the family's restaurant. Jackson Township Police release a media statement later that day, which said Ashley had been found, quote, deceased and concealed inside the building, end quote. The media statements thanked a number of organisations for help in the search for Ashley. They thanked the Jackson Township Detective Bureau, Jackson Township Fire Department, Canal Fulton Police Department, Stock County Sheriff's Office, the Ohio BCI, Canton SWAT Cooperative, U.S. Marshals Task Force, Canton Police Department, and Canal Fulton Fire Explorers. That's a lot of people involved in the search. Now investigating a likely homicide, Jackson Township Police are assisted by the FBI and the Ohio BCI. Liang Zhao and Mingming Chen are taken into police custody in connection with their daughter's death. Their oldest child, Jojo, is put in the temporary custody of Stark County Job and Family Services. Meanwhile, Ang's restaurant is photographed, a rental car parked outside the restaurant is removed, and the family apartment is searched. Once in police custody, Liang Zhao took a polygraph test. I couldn't find any mention of the outcome of this, but I suspect he failed, or was at least told that he failed, as Liang Zhao then told police Ashley was dead, and he admitted hiding her body in the restaurant. So who is Liang Zhao? Other than the facts surrounding this case, there is little information available about him to be found online. Zhao was born in Fujian province in southeast China and later moved to the US. By 2017, when these events unfolded, he had been living in the US for about 20 years and had become a naturalized US citizen. In September 2011, he opened Ang's Asian Cuisine in North Canton, Ohio, which is about an hour's drive south of Cleveland. He and his wife were the only people who worked in Ang's restaurant, which according to Yelp, was open from 11am until 11pm. Prior to owning Ang's, he rang the Lucky Star Chinese restaurant with his father. Three of his uncles each had their own restaurant in the area, each named the Lucky Star. Liang Zhao married Mingming Chen in March 2010, and they had two daughters. Zhou Lin, Jojo for short, born in 2010, and Ashley, born in December 2011. At the time of Ashley's death, Liang Zhao was 34 years old. At the start of his 46-minute police interview, Liang Zhao tells investigators that his wife killed Ashley on Monday morning in their apartment. After failing to resuscitate her, 
Liang explains how he and his wife had panicked, and, not wanting to split up the family or ruin their business, they had come up with the idea to report Ashley missing. Liang Zhao then took Ashley's body to the restaurant and hid her inside. Ming Ming Chen, having only a low conversational level of English, started her interview with the police with a translator from the FBI present. Through this translator, Ming Ming said she was willing to speak with police and signed paperwork to waive her right to remain silent and to waive her right to have an attorney present. After repeated denials and saying that she didn't know what happened to Ashley, Ming Ming Chen finally confessed to killing her younger daughter, telling the interviewing investigator, quote, I killed her. She explained, quote, Kids always do something, you know, the bad things that make me angry, and I can't control myself, and I kill her. Ming Ming Chen is charged with murder and felonious assault, and she's booked into Stark County Jail. Liang Zhao is charged with complicity to murder and complicity to commit felonious assault, and he is also booked into Stark County Jail. So what do we know about Ming Ming? Well, not very much. We know that like her husband, Ming Ming Chen was from Fujian, China. But unlike him, she wasn't a US citizen, or even legally in the country. There is mention of her mother and a brother in China. In 2009, she applied for asylum in the US. Chen claimed that due to her religious beliefs, she faced persecution in China. She said that she had paid a smuggler, known as a snakehead, who first got her to Mexico and then across the border into the US. Ming Ming claimed to have been an elementary school teacher before she left China. However, none of this was true. Chen had actually arrived in the US as a teenager. Chen's 2009 application for asylum was denied because there are inconsistencies in the story she gave authorities. On 8th of October 2010, Ming Ming gave birth to her first daughter, Jojo. And just short of 14 months after that, in December 2011, Ashley was born. Ming Ming Chen appealed her denied asylum application twice, adding additional claims that she had been held in an education camp and that her brother in China had been arrested for practicing the same religion as she does. But her petitions were denied, the last of which being denied in 2012 by the highest court to which she could appeal, who then ordered her to leave the US. That night, as news of the unthinkable outcome of the search for little Ashley spread, people laid flowers and toys outside Ang's restaurant as they tried to comprehend what might have happened inside. So what happened? Monday, January 9th, 2017, started like any normal day. Liang Zhao and his wife Ming Ming Chen got up. They got their older daughter Jojo ready for school and then Liang Zhao drove her there. But he returned home to find his wife Ming Ming very angry with their youngest daughter, Ashley. This was around 9am. Ming Ming was berating Ashley for not being able to use a potty and instead still needing her diaper. In an interview that day, Liang Zhao said, quote, my wife was very angry at Ashley because she peed on her diaper and she pooped on her diaper, end quote. Ashley then removed her diaper 
which made her mother even angrier. Unable to control her anger, Ming Ming Chen hit her five-year-old daughter in the head. According to police, she struck Ashley a number of times, which caused a fatal brain injury and her death. After her mother had attacked her, Ashley lay on the floor. In his police interview, Liang Zhao first says Ashley was breathing, but then goes on to describe how Ashley was gasping for air. He mimes her gasping for air and makes the sound of the gasping noise. Ashley began to breathe, but Liang Zhao said it sounded more like a snore. She then started to vomit. Rather than call for medical help, Ashley's parents, in her father's own words, quote, you know, took her to the bathroom, rinsed her off, then put clothes on her, and then let her sit there for a little while, end quote. After about five to ten minutes, Ashley stopped breathing and her heart stopped. Liang Zhao said he hadn't really been paying attention, but then a little later, when he did go over, something didn't feel right. And that was when he realised that Ashley had no heartbeat. He said he panicked and tried CPR, breathing into her mouth and giving her chest impressions in an attempt to save her. Liang Zhao said he doesn't know exactly how long he did that for, but he said it was a long time. 15 minutes to half an hour, or something like that, he said. However long this was for, if true, it was unsuccessful. And while five-year-old Ashley lay dead on the floor, in the place she should have been safest, her parents came up with a plan. They dressed her in a purple coat, and then her father carried her small lifeless body out of the apartment. He sat her in the car seat of their rental car, and drove to the family restaurant. They got to Ang's Asian cuisine around 10am. As Liang Zhao was carrying Ashley's body from the car into the restaurant, he was seen by two men working on a nearby roof. Liang Zhao noticed them as well, but nothing seemed unusual. It just looked like a father carrying his sleeping child. Inside the restaurant, Liang Zhao laid Ashley on a makeshift bed in the back room as if she was sleeping, and then he and his wife started prepping to open the restaurant as usual. Before it was time, Liang Zhao told Ming Ming to pick up their older daughter from school. When six-year-old Jojo got to the restaurant, her parents made sure that she saw her younger sister lying on the bed. In his police interview, Zhao commented, quote, she can't tell the difference between someone that's no longer breathing and someone sleeping. End quote. Her parents wanted her to see Ashley laying there, so that's what she would tell police when questioned. When Jojo has seen Ashley sleeping, Zhao and Chen tell her that her sister isn't allowed out of the room as a punishment for wetting herself. That day, Ashley's body lay dead in the back room for more than eight hours while her parents opened Ang's Asian cuisine and served customers as if nothing had happened. Later in the day, while JJ was at a friend's house and Ming Ming Chen was presumably front of house because the restaurant was still open, Liang Zhao moved Ashley's body from the bed and put her into a large plastic container. 
he poured salt into the container over Ashley in an attempt to eliminate any smell and sealed it. He then carried the container up a ladder and placed it in a space above the restaurant's walk-in freezer. Liang said that he and Mingming had decided on this place because it was well ventilated and they wouldn't have to worry about temperature because it was cool up there. Then, around 9pm, with the restaurant still open, Liang Zhao called 911 and reported Ashley missing. This is a little graphic, but not overly so, and I do think it's worth considering. As I said before, Ashley was left laying on the bed for a long time. It was from about 10 o'clock in the morning until around 6 or 7pm, so I think her body would have already stiffened from rigor mortis. So, this is awful to think about, but I think it's likely that Liang Zhao would have had to have bent Ashley's limbs to fit her into the container. During the police interview when he talked about this, he gestured the container and it looked to be about three foot long. On Wednesday, January 11th, Liang Zhao and Ming Ming Chen attend an initial arraignment and are formally informed of the charges against them. Jackson Township Police alleged that Ming Ming Chen struck Ashley several times in the head, causing her death, and that Liang Zhao, after unsuccessfully attempting CPR, helped her cover up the crime. A $5 million bond is also set. Their bond was set so high because Zhao has relatives in New York and Chen had been ordered deported. An autopsy which was performed on the same day confirmed Ashley's death to have been caused by blunt trauma. There's a custody hearing regarding Jojo on the 12th of January. Liang Zhao was adamant during his police interview that he didn't want Jojo to go to his family in New York, and as no other relatives were identified to care for her, it was determined that Jojo would stay in the care of Stark County Job and Family Services. On the same day, a number of news outlets published the recording of Liang Zhao's 911 call to police. On Saturday, January 14th, five days after her life was taken far too early, Ashley's remains were claimed by her relatives in New York. According to findagrave.com, Ashley had been cremated. No service was held for her in Ohio, and I found no mention of any service for Ashley in New York. On Thursday, January 19th, Ming Ming Chen and Liang Zhao attend a preliminary hearing which had been scheduled to start at 11am, but began late after Liang Zhao fell whilst getting out of the transportation van in shackles and had to be taken to hospital. Though if you ask me, they should have shoved him into a plastic box. When Zhao returned, both he, with a wound on his face from his fall, and his wife waived their right to a preliminary hearing. They did this in exchange for information from the prosecutor's office, which may have been useful for their cases. Because they waived their right to this hearing, a grand jury would now decide probable cause, if any, and decide what final charges to issue. On March 7th, Chen and Zhao are indicted by a grand jury on the same six charges of murder, two counts of endangering children, tampering with evidence, obstructing justice, and gross abuse of a corpse. If convicted, they would be sentenced to 30 years to life in prison. 
They formally hear the charges against them at an arraignment at Stark County Common Pleas Court, where Ming Ming Chen learns that a conviction for her may have the consequence of deportation and exclusion from admission into the US in the future. Both Chen and Zhao enter pleas of not guilty. In Ohio, defendants have the right to have what's known as a speedy trial, and that's pretty much what the name says. In Chen and Zhao's cases, that means that they have the right to have a trial within 90 days from the date of their arrest. However, both waived their rights to this, allowing them more time to build their defence. In June 2017, Ming Ming Chen's attorney requested that she have a psychiatric evaluation. This request was granted by Judge Chrissa Hartnett. No further news was published until September 11, 2017, when it was reported that Liang Zhao had reached a plea deal with prosecutors. In exchange for testifying against his wife, his murder charge would be dismissed. But he would plead guilty to the remaining charges. Two counts of endangering children, tampering with evidence, obstructing justice, and gross abuse of a corpse. For this, he would be sentenced to a total of 12 years. His formal sentencing wouldn't take place until Ming Ming Chen had been sentenced. A month after Zhao reached his plea agreement, Ming Ming Chen entered a plea of her own. She pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Judge Hartnett allowed this, pending an independent evaluation on the state of Ming Ming's mental health at the time of Ashley's death. On Monday 16th of October, which was the day originally scheduled for Chen's trial, her attorneys took part in a suppression hearing with Stark County prosecutors. Chen's attorney argued that the video of her confession should be suppressed and not entered into evidence. I was unable to find the outcome of this, but based on what Ming Ming Chen did next, I'd guess her attorney was unsuccessful. Ming Ming Chen agreed to a plea deal. Her murder charge, with the possibility of life imprisonment, would be dropped to involuntary manslaughter. She would plead guilty to this, along with the other charges, and serve a total of 22 years, and then be deported to China upon her release. On Thursday, December 28th, a press release was emailed giving details of Ming Ming's deal. It read, quote, Taking into account the pending deportation issue, along with some complex evidentiary issues in this case, the state believed the best resolution was to resolve this case to guarantee that Ming Ming Chen would spend significant time in prison for her actions that resulted in the tragic death of young Ashley. End quote. This release had been emailed early by mistake. The next day, Ming Ming Chen pleaded guilty as expected. Her attorney said, quote, This is a tremendous amount of pressure that was put upon this couple and the family. This led to violence in the home and an unfortunate byproduct of this violence with the death of Ashley. End quote. After delivering her sentence of 22 years, Judge Hartnett told Chen, quote, I find it difficult to imagine the horror for your child, Ashley. Barely five years old, the void of love, 
the complete absence of protection, the presence of such anger, the horror of being beaten by your own mother, and I use the word mother with great pain, I find, when talking to you. It's insulting to mothers who do what they're supposed to do for their children. No number of years is enough. One hundred years is not enough. End quote. Upon her release in 2040, Ming Ming Chen will be deported from the US. The Monday following Chen's sentencing, clips of her confession are released to the press. UK paper The Mirror published an online story with the headline Mum's Emotionless Confession as she admits beating daughter five to death for being disobedient. Many newspapers used words such as chilling, cold and heartless. But to be honest, they're not far wrong. Chen very flatly admits killing her daughter. At one point, the investigator says, quote, Ming Ming, your daughter is dead. What happened to Ashley? How did she die? End quote. And Chen replies quite flatly, without any emotion in her voice, I kill her. When asked another time during her interview, Chen replies, quote, I just kill her and then she die. End quote. And this is in the same flat tone. Though I do think it's important to remember that people react differently, especially in situations like this, that are stressful and unfamiliar, and after a traumatic experience. Also, especially with people such as Chen, who don't have a high level of English, and also where cultural differences come into play. On Wednesday 10th of January 2018, Li Yang was formally sentenced to 12 years in prison he will be able to apply for early release after six years. The Canton Repository reported that at his sentencing, Liang Zhao said he wished the situation were different, not because he was going to go to prison, but because his daughter was gone. He said, quote, And no one's going to remember her. No one but the people in my family. I don't want to be rude, but none of you remember her. None of you. End quote. Well, let's prove him wrong. Ashley Zhao was born on Friday, December 30th, 2011, in Brooklyn, New York. Shortly after she was born, she was sent to live with her paternal grandmother in China. Now, whereas this may seem unusual to Western families, in many Asian countries, it's quite common, especially if both parents work, as was the case with Ashley's parents. And both Liang and Mingming were from China. In October 2015, Ashley rejoined her family in Ohio. The most widely spread photograph of Ashley is her passport photograph. It shows a young Chinese girl with her dark hair cut into a chin-length bob with a straight-cut fringe, or bangs for any US listeners. I could only find one other photograph of Ashley, which is quite sad in itself. This photograph was only published by Chinese newspapers. In this photograph, Ashley's wearing a pink jacket and she's leaning forward on a table with her small hands clasped together. There's a bow in her hair, which is longer than in her passport photo, and there's a slight smile on her face. 
Regular customers that went to Ang's restaurant spoke of Ashley as a social child who wasn't afraid to speak to people. One customer told WEWS News, quote, She's the sweetest little thing. I loved her so much. Every time I picked up food, she was behind the counter and would talk to me. End quote. Ashley looks like a really sweet child who deserved a hell of a lot more. This case wasn't originally going to be the first episode of this podcast. The case that I first started on for the first episode turned out to have a lot more to it than I originally knew, so I decided to keep that for a bit later, possibly a two-part episode, and find a more straightforward case. This one, for episode one. However, the more research I did on this case, the less straightforward it became, and I started questioning a few things. Now these are just my opinions and the things I was wondering as I watched the interview videos and went through the information that I had found. I have no background in law or law enforcement and these are strictly my, my own opinions as somebody who is interested in true crime. So one thing I noticed was that the cases police made against Ming Ming Chen and Liang Zhao were very much based, pretty much fully based, on what Liang Zhao said during his police interview. I didn't hear of any other evidence used in either of their cases, which I don't think is too surprising, given the circumstances. The attack took place in the family home, so that would make any DNA evidence near impossible to interpret, I would have thought. I'm not saying in any way that I think Liang Zhao or Ming Ming Chen are innocent, I think both are very much responsible for Ashley's death. I think Liang Zhao might have gotten away far too lightly. Although not reported and commented on, as Ming Ming Chen's demeanour was, Liang Zhao acted very coldly towards Ashley in his police interview. When asked by investigators what the plan was if Ashley hadn't been discovered by the police, Liang Zhao gave a very chilling answer. He replied, quote, We don't really know. There was three things. I burn, burn it, bury it, throw it in the ocean. End quote. Now this is only about 13 minutes into the interview, and by this time he was already referring to his own daughter as it. Now, I know I said before that people react differently to different situations, but this is the death of a young child. And the father shows no signs of remorse for his actions or any sadness following Ashley's death during his police interview, which was only the next day. I mean, this is a man who had recently witnessed his wife violently attack his five-year-old daughter, who then died despite his own attempts of CPR. But during his 46-minute interview, the only times he really shows any emotion at all is when he's talking about Jojo, or trying to get his story straight with the investigators interviewing him. As I keep saying, I know people react differently, but he got upset about the thought of his living daughter going to his mother. But he didn't get upset at all about Ashley, who was dead at five years old, and he had witnessed her death. That doesn't make sense to me. He does show some regret for his part 
but this seems to be because of the outcome of him and his wife being arrested, rather than Ashley being dead. During his police interview, Liang Zhao said, quote, We didn't expect this. We didn't know the procedure with what was going on, you know. We didn't know that I was going to come down here, take a polygraph. So many questions or so many people involved. If we knew there was going to be a hundred people searching for her, maybe even more, I don't know. I am so sorry, end quote. One emotion I think Liang Zhao does show towards Ashley is frustration. Zhao spends quite a lot of time during his police interview explaining what it is that she does wrong. He repeats that Ming Ming Chen gets angry when Ashley goes to the bathroom in her diaper, but later on he explains and demonstrates the way that Ashley stood. And when he's describing this, he doesn't say that this upsets Ming Ming once. It seems to really frustrate him. Zhao makes the effort to stand up, take his jacket off, and show the police officers how she stood. Maybe it did anger Ming Ming, but I think it likely angered him too. Right at the end of giving this story, Zhao says, quote, So every single time, when Ashley would do something like that, it would trigger my wife. End quote. It's like he's suddenly remembered that it's his wife who's supposed to be angry, not him, and just added her on the end. Ming Ming Chen is absent in a few key parts of the story her husband tells police. After Zhao says his wife hit Ashley's head on the carpet, there was no mention of how Ming Ming Chen reacted to this. When asked what time this happened, Zhao gives a response which I find really unsettling. He says, maybe nine, nine-ish. I can only say approximately. I didn't, you know, look at the time and say, oh, my wife's banging Ashley's head on the carpet and it's 9.15. And here he minds looking at the watch on his wrist. And he carries on. Nine-ish, 9.15-ish, I think, I guess. Then in the interview, Zhao goes on to describe how Ashley wasn't walking, but she was breathing, and that he thought that she was going to come out of it, but she stopped breathing, and he started panicking, so tried CPR. When describing this part of the story, he uses the pronoun I 13 times, but he doesn't mention his wife at all, until again, right at the end of telling the story, he adds this comment. And that's when we realise she's gone. And I try and, you know, I tell my wife there's no time, you know, if I just realised it sooner that, you know. What's her reaction to her daughter stopping breathing shortly after she's just beaten her? There's also at least one inconsistency between the story of Ashley's death that Liang Zhao gave during his police interview and what Ming Ming Chen said during her interview. Liang Zhao said that Ming Ming Chen had hit Ashley's head on the carpet. He said the word carpet four times throughout the interview. In the small clips of Ming Ming Chen's police interview that we see, the word carpet isn't mentioned once. It was reported by quite a few newspapers that prosecutors claimed Ming Ming Chen struck or punched Ashley. We don't hear the word punch in any footage of either Chen or Zhao's interviews. 
And that's another problem. We only see short sections of Ming Mingchen's interviews. We don't see anything in full like we do with Liang Zhao. The longest continuous video showing Ming Mingchen's interview that I've been able to find is only a couple of minutes at the most. In a couple of the clips, we do see Chen initially denying knowledge of what happened to Ashley. And it was reported that her confession was over an hour into the interview, which we also know was when a translator wasn't present. I think Ming Ming Chen's confession could have been fed to her, given the circumstances. There are two things in the video clips of her confession that might hint to this. The first is when the investigator asks, did you hit her? When he asks this, he mimes a downward hitting motion with his right hand and fist clenched. Chen replies, yeah. And then the investigator asks, how did you kill her? Chen asks, how? And the interviewer answers, yeah. Ming Ming Chen then replies, quote, with your hand to do that, end quote. And when she says this, she mimes the exact same downward hitting action with her right hand as the investigator had done just moments before. The other thing I noticed here was that Chen said, with your hand, not with my hand. It's almost as if she were describing the action that the officer just did, not her own actions, when she killed her daughter. I personally don't think it's too wild to think that Liang Zhao might have had more to do with Ashley's death than just the cover-up of his wife's actions. If Liang Zhao was more involved, and Ming Ming Chen believed she would be deported anyway, she might have taken the brunt of the blame, so at least one parent would be free in the US to be with Jojo at some time in the future. Ang's Facebook page is full of posts from Zhao saying that his wife was unwell and cannot work. There are so many of these, and they're really regular. A couple of people have commented on the page that he might have been beating his wife, and there may well be some truth to that. The insanity defence that Ming Ming Chen's attorney tried was connected to battered woman syndrome. I really don't like the name of that. I think it needs to be updated, because um, surely it would apply to men as well. Um, but anyway, it's connected to battered woman syndrome, which is a type of post-traumatic stress disorder. Anyway, battered woman syndrome is a type of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. If Sal was violent to his wife, she may have feared him and would have been even more likely to do as he said or suggested. In Ohio, there's a law that grants journalists access to coronary reports, which wouldn't usually be considered public record. The Beacon Journal reported that the coroner's office was advised by the prosecutor's office in this case not to provide reports to journalists. Now, the reason given was because they were part of an ongoing police investigation, which makes total sense for that time. But I wasn't able to find that a report was given to journalists once the investigations had concluded. I'm just interested, really, in what it says. If the coronary report says there was bruising on Ashley's chest and or a dominum, for example, that could corroborate Liang Zhao's claims of giving CPR. Even if Ashley's autopsy report were available, 
I still think there are only two people who will ever know what really happened when she died. And we've already seen how they can lie to authorities. So I don't trust either of them to ever give an honest account of their part in Ashley's death. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Turned Up Dead. Remember, if you listen carefully, even the words of liars can tell you the truth.